Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with the goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali, and I are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll put it all together for you. So let's get started. Today we'll be looking at Psalms 100, 101, and 102. Now this is a group of Psalms that... um, as Dr. McGee points out, especially Psalm 101 to 106. But this is a group of songs that just talks about Jesus, the picture of Jesus Christ and His reign. And it's so cool how these psalms just go together. So we'll start off with Psalm 100. This is kind of cool because we're at the 100th Psalm. Um, I believe when you look at um, when you look at all the psalms, I think there's like a hundred and it's like a hundred and fifty of them. Let's see, um, hundred and fifty of them. So we're at Psalm one hundred. So getting close, double digits now, huh? So Psalm um, uh, one hundred, verse one: Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into His presence with singing. So it starts off joyfully. You know, like we started the Psalms with joy, talking about the happy man. And now here we are, making a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. All the earth. And again, joy uh, that we've been saying all the way through, it's it comes from the word blessing. And the word blessing translated uh, is from beatus. So beatus, blessing, really translates into giving someone joy, giving someone happiness. And, uh, of course, uh, to receive that joy, the proper response is a, is a thankful heart. Um, we always need to give thanks to God. And um, God knows that uh, uh, we need Him. We need to uh, be centered on Him, just as Adam and Eve were created in Genesis 1. First thing he did when he created Adam and Eve was God talked to them and he walked with him and he told him, uh, you know, what you should do and what you shouldn't do. You know, God knows that's the only thing in creation that he made that he had to talk with. And he made uh, mankind, he made humans to need him, to be directed by him. So it started even in Genesis that we need to center our hearts and our minds on the Father in heaven, on God the Father. That's a theme throughout the whole Bible. We need to center our worship on Him. And 
uh, when we sin, when sin comes into the world, it just takes our worship away from the Father in heaven. And we're all people who know it or not, have to worship something. Either we're worshiping our Father in heaven or we're worshiping ourselves or what we think we need. Our jobs, our money, our uh, our own craving to be popular, uh, to be um, acknowledged, um, or to be beautiful, or to be young, or to be healthy, or to be uh, victorious. Uh, in athletics or whatever we do, we want to be successful because it brings our self glory. But we have to be real careful about that because uh, the the worship needs to be God centered. We have to we that's the first thing that we need to do in a in a um, worship. And we've seen through the Psalms has to be starts with the heart. The heart has to be centered on. On God properly. God doesn't want sacrifices, um, you know, of just animals like the some of the uh, like Israel was doing in the in the Old Testament. I mean, they had to worship that way, but God says, "I don't need you to kill an animal for me. I made all the animals, you know. So it doesn't bring me anything I need. I made you, and I made the animals. So." Worship has to start with the proper heart, and the proper heart is thankfulness and uh, joy. Uh, if you're worshiping God with a grumpy heart or with sin in your heart, or it's sort of halfway worship, you probably got other things on your mind, other things that are dealing with your own self. So make a joyful noise when you worship do it with gladness. Do it with a thankful heart. Do it with a heart that is centered on Him, not centered on yourself. So, um, come into His presence with singing. So, when we come into God's presence, that's joy. That's pure joy. And again, a major theme of the whole Bible is being in God's presence. Don't take being in God's presence for granted. I mean... Uh, when sin came in the world, Adam and Eve were thrown out of the garden. They couldn't even be in God's presence because they were sin. And when sin cannot be in the presence of God, God has been trying to reconcile sinful mankind from Genesis all the way to Revelation. That's God's plan to reconcile that sin. God should have killed them. Sin should have, the penalty for sin is death. When In Genesis, when they sinned, Adam and Eve should have died right there. And we would have had a really small Bible. It would have been the thin version because we wouldn't have had to have all of these generations of being trying to reconcile. That's how difficult it was to reconcile all humanity's sin. And all these generations yet to come God already knew who they were and who were his sheep. So this plan has to be reconciled to, for all these generations. Because if he just killed off Adam and Eve, there wouldn't be any more people to be born. So we need to come into his presence being thankful that we can come into his presence. God wants us to be in his presence because he made us to start with. So he loves us that much and He made us to be in His presence, and He made us with the purpose to, 
to to be able to worship Him properly. Because if we don't, we're going to die. In verse 3, Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who made us, and we are His. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. We have a Creator. We have a Father in Heaven. We are made. We have purpose. We are His. And we're His people, the sheep of His pasture. So that's talking not only to the Israelites, that they are His people, but also looking forward uh, it also applies to the New Testament being the Gentiles will be the sheep of his pasture too. Jesus is the shepherd. He knows his sheep, but he also lays down his life for the Gentiles as well. So the people in the Old Testament singing this were, were worshiping and they didn't even understand how big this plan was and how big these statements are that all people, all people can be his people and all people can be the sheep of his pasture and that he knows every single sheep. And this ruler yet to come, they were thinking, well, it's coming from the house of David, you know, but they didn't even know that the ruler was going to be the son of God or God himself. They couldn't understand that. And that God himself would be laying down his life for them. They couldn't even understand what the gospel message, how awesome it is. But the gospel message is the good news. It's the joyful news. Verse 4, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. So when you're coming into the house of God or the gates, you know, to the temple back in the Old Testament... Be thankful. Jesus Christ describes himself as the gate also to for the sheep to come in. So we've got a gate with sort of an analogy or an, an image of the gate at the temple. We you know the sheep, you know, people come in to the gate with thanksgiving, okay, and to give thanks. And we have this picture of Jesus Christ as the gate that the sheep come in through. So we have to enter into the presence of God Himself, the temple or God Himself, with praise. That's why we were created. We were created to worship Him. Uh, We were created for that, and to have our hearts set on Him uh, means we need to give thanks with a proper heart to bless His name. Um, Verse 5, For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and His faithfulness to all generations. The Lord is good. That's His nature. We're praising somebody We're praising somebody that is total goodness. We're not, we're not praising uh, Him for, uh, you know, I mean, there's plenty of reasons to praise Him, but, the, but, the, but His nature is good. And uh, He's not some artificial God, uh, that we have to just praise cause we, because we have to. We should praise Him because we want to. He is good. He made us. And He has so much love for us, it will never be moved. It will never be shaken. You can plan on it. Whoever you are, what, whatever you're doing in your life, if you need to know one thing, that you have a Father in heaven who is totally good and He loves you steadfastly he has so much love he had to come to die for you 
But he's that kind of love, and that love goes on forever. And he is totally faithful to all the generations. He is fair, he is faithful, and he has more faith in you than you have in him. He has more faith in you than you have in yourself. He has more love for you than you have for him. And he has more love for you than even you have for yourself. He has more love for us than we have for him. He has more love for us than we have love for one another. That's how much love he has. That's how much faithfulness he has. And when you think about it, he is faithful for all the generations. Now, there's there's probably generations that are going to be coming after our generation. After, you know, when you're hearing this, you know, the generation I'm living in, well, there's probably generations to come after me, after us, the people that are listening to this. God even knows who they are. God has steadfast love for them, too. He has faithfulness for them, too. So you, you think, uh, you know, when's, when's Jesus coming back for His second coming? Well, He's faithful to all these generations. He's, he's died for people who haven't yet been born, maybe. So He's got to wait for all of them. It's not, that he, it's not that He's not coming back because He doesn't love us. But right now He's not coming back because He loves them too. Just as much as He does us, He's got to wait for them to be born. He's got to wait for them. Otherwise, if He comes back too early, I suppose... Their life, they never get the chance to be born. They haven't been created yet, yet created. So a really beautiful psalm, Psalm 100. Make a joyful noise to the Lord. That's kind of what I'm, what I'm uh, calling it. Um, it's just a call to make a joyful noise to the Lord for when you worship. Psalm 101. Um, now we're talking about Jesus' reign. Um, again, uh, it's a psalm of David. Um, we hadn't seen too many psalms of David, but it's a psalm of David. Verse 1, I will sing of steadfast love and justice. There we go again, praising God. Steadfast love and justice. To you, O Lord, I will make music. I will ponder the way that is blameless. O oh, when will you come to me? I will walk with integrity of heart within my house within my house. So again, calling on the Lord, uh, just not taking for granted the presence of God. This is talking about the presence of God being uh, in his presence and um, walking with integrity. I will not set before my eyes anything that is worthless. I hate the work of those who fall away. It shall not cling to me. Now, this is a picture of Jesus. This is a picture of Jesus and his reign. Verse 4, a perverse heart shall be far from me. I will know nothing of evil. Whoever slanders his neighbor secretly, I will destroy. Whoever has a haughty look or an arrogant heart, I will not endure. I will look with favor on the faithful in the land that they may dwell with me. He who walks in the way that is blameless shall minister to me. No one who practices deceit shall dwell in my house. No one who utters lies shall continue before my eyes. 
Morning by morning, I will destroy all the wicked in the land, cutting off all the evildoers from the city of the Lord. It's talking about the Lord Jesus when he's going to reign, when he comes back. You know, we're talking about in Psalm 100 making a joyful noise to the Lord. Now we're talking about the Lord's coming back. He's coming back uh, with love and justice. And he will not tolerate the evil, wicked, arrogant, unfaithful people, deceitful people, the liars, okay? The wicked in the land, cutting off all the evildoers. So morning by morning. So Jesus will be coming back to claim victory, claim authority, over the world, over the world, over all the kingdoms of the earth, and that's what Jesus is supposed to do. Jesus is supposed to um, come back. Now, an interesting um, yeah, I just wanted to read um, from First Corinthians chapter fifteen twenty eight. This is uh, it took me a second to find it. But um, this is talking about after Jesus reigns. Um, and I'll take up uh, from, uh, it says, When all things are subjected to him, this is Jesus' reign, then the Son himself will also be subjected, subjected to him who put all things in subjection under him, that God may be all in all. So, Psalm 101 is talking about Jesus' reign, and it's interesting, Dr. J.D. McGee points out that after Jesus' reign, uh, after He has done all the Father in Heaven's bidding, all His plans, um, when all things are done, that the Son Himself will also be subjected to Him who put all things in subjected un, in subjection under Him, that God may be all in all. And this sort of means that um, it looks like, from His best, you know, He could tell that Jesus would then, um, once He's done everything, then Jesus, um, the Trinity looks like might be reunited so that God will be all in all. Um, so maybe that's a glimpse to the final um, the final way, and then God will reign in Zion um, forever and ever. So it's not like God would reign and Jesus would be somewhere else. So I think that's talking about uh, the Trinity will be back together, it looks like, and then God will not only dwell in all of us or will be dwelling with Him, but the, the Son will be... Uh, again, subjected back to him. So, um, just a so morning. Uh, so, the city of the Lord will be uh, this dwelling place on earth. In Psalm one hundred two, um, this is another really powerful song. Psalm because it's talking about the Lord Jesus again um, praying, and it looks like he's praying in Gethsemane the Garden of Gethsemane, before he was, um, uh, the night before, looks like he was crucified. This is really, really interesting to look at. Verse 1 here, My prayer, O Lord, let 
my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day of my distress. Incline your ear to me. Answer me speedily in the day when I call. For my days pass away like smoke and my bones burn like a furnace. My heart is struck down like grass and is withered. I forget to eat my bread because of my loud groaning. My bones cling to my flesh. This is a a distressful prayer. And um, verse 7, I lie awake, I'm like a lonely sparrow on the housetop. All of my enemies taunt me. Those who deride me use my name for a curse. I eat ashes like bread my and mingle tears with my drink because of your indignation and anger. For you have taken me up and thrown me down. Jesus has to die at this point. My, verse 11, my days are like an evening shadow. I wither away like the grass, like grass. But, you know, a lot of terrible, terrible uh, thoughts here about an impending death. Verse 12, but you, O Lord, are enthroned forever. You are remembered throughout all generations. What's this about? Um, And Dr. McGee says, again, this is Jesus talking about his own requirement uh, to die for all generations. Interesting that in John chapter 11, verse 51, uh, there was a prophecy. Even even uh, Caiaphas, the high priest, earlier that year, before they were going to kill him, he had prophesied that uh, Jesus would die for the Jewish nation. And not only for that nation, but for all the scattered children of God, to bring them together, to make them one. So that from that day they plotted to take his life. So interesting that uh, in the New Testament they were saying that Jesus would need to die for the Jewish nation, for the scattered children of God to make them one. And as we looked at uh, back in First Corinthians chapter fifteen. Not only will Jesus die for the nation to bring the scattered people back together and he's going to come back and he's going to get rid of all the wicked people and then the Son himself will come back together with the Father so that not only will all the people be one, but that Jesus will be one again, you know, one again with the Father. Okay? And that God may be all in all. So all the people will be with God. Jesus the, the, the Son will be back with God, and God will be all in all. And that's really, really a powerful image there. Um, but Jesus' prayer says he needs, to, he needs to do this now for the nations. Okay, This is really powerful scripture here, uh, folks. At least I'm feeling that way. Um, verse 13, you will arise and have pity on Zion, it is the time to favor her. The appointed time has come. Okay? So he's getting ready to lay down his life. Okay? Uh, verse 15, Nations will fear the name of the Lord, and all the kings of the earth will, feel your glory, will fear your glory. So Jesus will come back, and he will come back in victory. For the Lord builds up Zion. He appears in his glory. He regards the prayer of the destitute and does not despise their prayer. He's going to build up his city 
He's going to appear in His glory, and He's coming back for the love of even the lowest of the low person. And verse 18, let this be recorded for a generation to come so that a people yet to be created may praise the Lord. What are we supposed to do? We're supposed to spread the word so that every generation is going to hear it no matter what you do. Maybe even a future generation is going to hear this. We're Whatever we're supposed to do and however we can, we need to record it Record your thoughts, record your impressions, let people know how you feel because we have to do that so that this future generation can praise the Lord too. That's almost like a head nod for the gospel message. What are we supposed to do? We're supposed to, we're supposed to uh, live by the fruit. We're supposed to raise one another up. We're supposed to proclaim uh, the message of the gospel. That's what Jesus charged um, his disciples, so that all generations would hear this message. So that's our charge too. Every generation is supposed to hear this message of his glory. That's Again, that's what we're created to do, to worship him and to praise him. Down in verse 23, he's broken my strength in mid-course. He's shortened my days. Again, he's talking about his life is going to be shortened. And then we get to verses 25 through 27. Of Let's read this because this is part of this Psalm 102 that is referenced in Hebrews chapter 1, verses 10 through 12. This is why many people re- regard this as a messianic psalm. Again, a psalm from the Old Testament, a psalm that is quoted in the New Testament. And let's see this, these verses, and then let's see how it's applied in Hebrews 1, 10 through 12. Okay, so now we're going to be reading from Psalm 102, 25 through 27. Of old you laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you will remain. They will all wear out like a garment. You will change them like a robe and they will pass away. But you are the same and your years have no end. Again, talking about the Father in heaven who laid the foundation of the earth before anything was created. He was there. He created the heavens and the earth. The heavens are a work of your hands. They are going to perish. And this world will perish. But he, but the Father in heaven is all constant. He will remain. And then he will change them. And of course, you know, he's talking about this new creation, this new heaven, this new earth where he will come and be with his people. You are the same in your years and your years have no end. Okay, so that is talking about, you know, uh, not only Jesus coming, but this this new coming kingdom that he's got. So now let's let's go to the New Testament, Hebrews Chapter 1, we're going to be looking at 10 through 12. So 10 through 12 is, he also says, In the beginning, Lord, you laid the foundations of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you remain. They will all wear out like a garment. You roll them up like a robe, like a garment. They will be changed, but you remain the same, and your years will never end. Okay, so it's it's applying this 
to a description of Jesus Christ. Because in Hebrews chapter 1, we'll start a little earlier, verse 5, For to which of the angels did God ever say, You are my son, today I have become your father? He's talking about his son now. In verse 8, But about the son, he says, Your throne, O God, will last forever and ever. A scepter of justice will be the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has set you above your companions by anointing you with the oil of joy. So the son is superior to the angels. The son is superior to all. But he's talking about Jesus Christ in in Hebrews, and then he's talking about um, so another verse in Hebrews. We'll drop down to Hebrews chapter thirteen, verse eight. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, and today, and forever. Okay, so it's talking like Jesus was with the Father in heaven at the foundation of the earth. And Jesus will be with the Father through forever and ever. So, um, this is a, a really um, another uh, strong psalm talking about uh, Jesus uh, and um, talking about His reign. And uh, But, the thing uh, on another parallel about this is when you look at Psalm 102, Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus is is really, Jesus has got a heavy heart. You know, this psalm starts off really distressful. Um, and then it ends up that Jesus himself is praying to God the Father. So Jesus is equal to God the Father. You know, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, Jesus Christ. But here we've got, you know, as we see back in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8, but now we've got a picture of Jesus in the Psalm, Psalm 103, who's been here before time even starts with God the Father in heaven, but now he's praying to God the Father in heaven. You know, just a really rare picture into Jesus' personal prayer to the Father in heaven. And his thoughts are, he is distressed. He knows he's getting ready to lay down his life. And, um, and he's got a lot of, of emotions here. His bones are burning like a furnace. He feels like his heart is struck down like grass and is withered. He's so worried he's forgetting to eat his bread. His, he's got some groaning of his bones clinging to his flesh. He feels like a, in verse 6, he feels like a desert owl of the wilderness, like an owl of the waste places. He lies awake. He can't sleep like an owl. He feels like a lonely sparrow on the housetop with nobody around him. And this is praying maybe like in, in through the night he can't sleep. This Dr. McGee says this is a picture of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, alone, awake at night, groaning inside, knowing what's to come, knowing his life is going to be shortened. So 
What do you do when you're worried and in trouble? Do you have a picture? I mean, here's a picture of Jesus Christ, who's been the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's been with the Father. He's been in heaven, but he's got worries too. He's got distress. So Jesus Christ, just like we have King David, who was centering on the Word of God when he was hiding in the caves and running around from people trying to kill him. Here's Jesus, another picture in the Psalms. Jesus now is in distress. People are trying to surround him and kill him. What does Jesus do? Even more powerfully than David did, what does Jesus do? Jesus, you know, as David's leaning on the rock, his salvation, the Word of God, Jesus is praying with the, to the Father. Jesus' eyes are on the Father. Jesus' eyes are on His purpose and His plan. And His purpose and His plan, although it is to lay down His life, it is to do the, the will of the Father so that the Father's will will be done and all nations then can worship the Father. And as we said in Genesis 1, we're all created to worship the Father. Right? Jesus is fulfilling that to allow people to worship the Father. He's talking about all nations will praise His name. Nations will fear the name of the Lord in verse 15, and all the kings of the earth will feel your, fear your glory. That's because Jesus is getting ready to lay down His life. And by doing that, He is rectifying what happened in Genesis chapter 1 when Adam and Eve were sent away from the presence of God because they couldn't worship Him anymore in His presence. Jesus is rectifying everything even down to Genesis. But when Jesus' heart was so distressed, what was He doing? He's looking to the Father in heaven. You are remembered throughout all generations. Um, he will do what He needs to do to serve. And so... Not only serve those who are around him, but all generations, as he says in verse 18. So that the people yet to be created may praise the Lord. That's why we're created. Like we said, even from Genesis 1, God created Adam and Eve. Then he started talking to them. He started telling them what to do. Directing them. So that they could be in his presence. But we are have to have a heart to worship Him. We have to be centered on the Lord. If we're centered on ourselves, sin comes in and we can't be in His presence. So, a very powerful picture of Jesus in distress, but a very powerful picture of how Jesus prays through that distress with a heart centered on the Father in heaven. In times of the greatest need, that's when Jesus centered His heart on the Father in heaven the most. He's centering on God's purpose, God's plan, and God's glory. Jesus is giving God the glory, even in His time of distress. And we know this is all applying to Jesus because 25, 26, and 27 is applying to Jesus in the New Testament. 
So a really powerful psalm. I hope this was encouraging to you. Just a window into Jesus' heart. And just all of these psalms now are going to be focused on Jesus Christ. And uh, so at this point, I will uh, turn the podcast over to Matali, my co-host in Zambia. Matali, I hope you're doing well. And for me to all of you, God bless you, and I'll see you next time. Hi. So today's teaching is coming from Psalms 100 through to 102. So my main highlights in today's teaching is, um, you know, our purpose in life. You know, we worship, our purpose in life is to glorify and worship God. So we worship God to praise Him. Um, you know, like Pastor J.P. McGee put it, um, you know, we have you know, in different places, different establishments, like um, in restaurants, and though we have, um, you know, what we call happy hour, where you buy one drink and you get another drink for free because it's happy hour and it usually runs like between 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. And um, people rush for that. Now imagine if every day as Christians, as children of God, we... We dedicated happy hour to God um, where we just praised Him and worshipped Him. Wouldn't that be great? Um, because, you know, it's just not enough in the world today to, to just sing, you know, joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth um, rejoice. Um, it's not enough. We cannot be um, Christians at arm's length. And we cannot be praising God when it suits us. We should be Christians who praise God every single day because God deserves the praise and the worship. If we look at all the things that um, that God has done for us, I mean, He sent His only begotten Son, that's Christ, um, who relinquished His position as a God, as an angel, as a God, and He even went beneath the angels. To, because of the love that he had for us to just come down on earth in order to save us from our sins. I think, you know, that, that justifies the fact that we have to always praise God because um, it is our purpose in life as humans to praise God. God does not force... Um, he, he, he doesn't force um, people to... to to praise Him and worship Him. God wants us to do it willingly, you know, from, from, you know, He wants us to do it, like, on our own, willingly, because, um, you know, of the love He has for us. He's a patient God who's full of mercy. So, yeah, um, Psalm 100 is a psalm of thanksgiving. And um, verse 1 and 2 read, um, Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. So, you know, God doesn't want us to worship him with a long face. He just, he wants us to, to worship him, you know, with a happy face, with praise. You know, like, he doesn't want us to be in this somber mood all the time and all. You know, let us be happy. Because, um, you know, the worship of God is supposed to fill us with joy and with happiness. You know, let us have um, universal praise. 
you know, the world will sing joy to the world. The Lord has come. The, 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 the famous hymn we're always singing at Christmas. But that hymn, let us, let us sing it um, for the second coming of the Lord. Let's be excited as Christians to, to, to sing it for the second coming of the Lord. So, um, you know, um, God has, has, um, has given us so much, you know, as his children because of the love that he has for us. So the whole earth will praise him. You know, God has been good to us all the time. Um, and um, that day is coming when he's coming to, to do his will. So um, verse 3 reads, Know that the Lord is, know that the Lord, he is God. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and we not ourselves. No, we haven't created ourselves. We have a creator. Um, we are his people and the sheep of his pastor, pasture. So God is a creator and redeemer. And we, ha we ought to worship him. That's all he asks for. Um, we're made in his image. And, um, you know, our, our purpose here on earth was to, to, to glorify him and to worship him. And, um, you know, how did we become sheep of his pasture? Because we had a shepherd, the good shepherd, the perfect shepherd, the blessed man. That was Christ who was sent here. And um, the shepherd died for us. Um, that's how we are, um, we are his, um, his sheep. So, verse 4 goes on to read, Either uh, enter into his gates with thanksgiving, and into his courts with praise. You know, this is how God wants us to enter his gates. You know, praising, not with a long face, praising him, willingly praising him and glorifying his name. And, um, you know, um, having so much joy um, because God has that much love for us. He wants us to be happy and to willingly, um, you know, accept him and praise him. You know, God has got a lot of mercy a lot of mercy for us. So um, verse 5 goes on to read, For the Lord is good, His mercy is everlasting, and His truth endures to all generations. You know, God is good to us all the time. You know, His peace and mercy will move, will move on from generation to generation. Psalms 101 is a psalm of David. And... Um, it's, it's a prophetic psalm. It speaks of mercy and judgment. So um, God told David about, um, about uh, his son he, who he was going to send. And it reads, I will sing the, mercies, the mercy and justice to you, O Lord. I will sing praises. I will behave wisely in the perfect way. Oh, when will you come to me? I will walk within my house with a perfect heart. This is beautiful. Um, you know, um, David was praising God and, and he wanted to, to have a perfect heart and praise God in sincerity. And that's what we ought to do. Um, because Christ took a lower place in order to bring, to bring us, um, us people into a higher place um, and right now he's on God's right hand and um, 
he is still doing the will of God. So, you know, let us look to God. To let us always turn to God and and praise God. If 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 we go to um, First Corinthians, uh, verses fifteen or chapter fifteen, verse twenty-eight, it reads. Now, when all things are made subject to him, when the Son himself will also be subject to him, also put all things under him, that God may be all in all. So this is, um, this is just a picture of, 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 um, of his reign on earth. Um, you know, the Father has turned all judgment into sin. And, um, you know, Christ bore our sins and he died for us so that um, you know we may be justified by faith and um, so let us seek um, God's faith all the time and you know because God is good and he's good all the time Psalms 102 um, is a prayer of the afflicted when he is overwhelmed and pours out his complaint before the Lord so um, this is a messianic psalm um it's 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 got um an interpretation and links in from the new testament so this is a prayer for the afflicted um you know we see him um in this particular psalm when he came on earth he was um afflicted he was humiliated and jehovah was asking jehovah was asking jehovah in heaven so this is where the trinity comes in so um so he died um he did this um according to to the prayer and you know the wrath of God um came full force on him because he bore all our sins so 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 he was he was man and um you know since God turned judgment into sin and he 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 was made sin for us he died for us and he was rejected and um he did this you know for because of the joy that was set before him so um he endured you know um all the pain all the sin that he did on the cross he he endured all the shame and humiliation um on the cross for our sins so it reads hear my prayer o lord and let me cry out let me cry come let me cry come to you do not hide your face from me in the day of my trouble incline your ear to me in the day i call answer me speedily so you know despite you know all the troubles and trials that we go through let us seek god's face always because um God has so much mercy, so, so much mercy for us. You know, for him to actually send his only son to be lower than the angels, to, to, be, to be at an, in order for him to, to take us to a higher place, that is pure love. He did it out of pure love because he has so much love for humanity. And, um, you know, despite us being hopeless 
but God loves us that much. It goes on to read, um, For my days are consumed like smoke, and my bones are burned like um, a hearth. My heart is stricken and withered like grass, so that I forget to eat my bread. Because of the sound of my groaning, my bones cling to my skin. I'm like a pelican of the wilderness. I, I am like an owl of the desert. I lie awake and I'm like a sparrow alone on the house stop. So, um, you know, this was God's, this was Christ's prayer. Um, he was rejected and he was humiliated um, and he died for nations. He died for us all, for different generations. Um, and, you know, he was, he bore all, um, all of our sins on, on that cross. And um, all he just wanted was for us to seek God's face and to worship him. So Psalms 102 ends at... Um, Verse 28, which reads, The children of your servants will continue, and their descendants will be established before you. So, this was a prayer um, of affliction um, when he, he was overwhelmed. So, this is a good prayer. If, if you feel the world is crashing down on you, turn to God. So, um, let us turn to God, because... God was made sin, Christ was made sin for us, so that we may be saved. Let us praise Christ always. Let us not just sing joy to the world, for it is not enough. Let us, you know, let us find that happy hour. Thank you all for listening to, for, to, to today's um, teaching. Um, goodbye and God bless.